I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you about a trend I've been seeing, and more specifically, an article that I've read recently that I believe we need to get on the same page about. Um, This comes from the Daily Mail, and the headline reads, Even minorities reject DEI special treatment. Poll shows all Americans, white, Black, Hispanic, and Asian support the death of affirmative action. And I want to make three points about what this shows, and then I want us to keep in mind a few things moving forward from this point. But for now, let me give you a little bit about what this article is saying to us. Fully 68% of U.S. adults say the Supreme Court's decision to ban race as a factor in college admissions was mostly a good thing, according to the Gallup poll. That goes for all types of voters. Big majorities of white, Asian, and Hispanic Americans voice support for the end of race-based admissions. Gallup surveyed 12,443 adults about the ruling late last year and released the results on Tuesday. According to Gallup, that ruling receives fairly wide public support. Still, the group added there are mixed responses across racial lines, with black people more concerned about future opportunities at universities. Some applicants may feel empowered to apply to more selective schools, while others may be less likely to apply to such institutions, a pollster said in the report. 
So we'll leave that there. Um, you get the idea. It's uh, a lot of numbers and data and interpreting the data uh, that comes from the article. Um, but again, I think that now is the time for us to to really have this conversation, given that the country, for better or worse, has moved away from the traditional, uh, well, at least the decades-long posture of kind of holding up affirmative action as a good thing. And indeed, there are other attacks on diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives um, across the board. And we are very much at a point where we have to defend <laughs> these initiatives or abandon them, depending on what your perspective is. Um, you can probably guess what my position is on these things, but the fact is, is that, you know, I'm just me. I don't represent all of us. And um, I'm one of the people who doesn't necessarily, in hindsight, I don't imagine I would have needed affirmative action. Um, I did all right in school. But uh, I certainly believe from a systemic standpoint, and uh, when you factor in the numbers overall, given the goals that we are trying to reach as a community uh, to reduce rates of this and increase rates of that, et cetera, that because we are dealing with systemic issues that result in <laughs> large swaths of our population uh, getting left behind politically, educationally, economically, et cetera, that it would take systemic action to offset that. But um, that doesn't always make its way to, you know, pollsters <laughs> or voters, hence this conversation. So three things that I wanted to illuminate that I believe that this shows us. Number one, this shows us that a, there was a successful rebranding of affirmative action as a sort of academic or employment welfare instead of a corrective action to offset past injustices. Um, you know, I, I famously have uh, told my listeners on Civic Cipher about this imaginary monopoly experiment where, you know, myself and Q got to go around the board you know, a few times playing by the rules. We get $200 for pass and go. We get to buy up a ton of property. And then we would let you, the listener, participate. But you're starting late after we have made some significant purchases on the board. And for a while, you can only roll with one dice. And we would call that, well, first off, you sitting out initially, we'd call that slavery. <laughs> But, you know, you being able to roll with one dice, we'd call that, you know, Jim Crow. We'd call that the black coats. Um, you would only get $100 for passing go instead of $200 for a few go rounds. And we'd call that redlining. We'd call that, you know, any number of systemic injustices that were handed down to our people so that our listeners could recognize and respect exactly the, the type of hand we were playing here. And again, this wasn't based on individual performance as much as it was based on systems that were in place 
that made it more challenging for you to catch up or win and how unfair it would be for us to judge you and judge your success based on the rules that you've had to play with. And it would be unfair for you to compare your go at things to our go at things, right? But sure, you know, uh, black people are often compared to other groups in this country, mostly white people. Um, and, uh, you know, the questions are always asked, why are rates of this in your community so low? Why are rates in this year, in your community so high? Why can't it look more like our communities? And it's very um, unfair to ask those questions without considering <laughs> the historical context of these things. But rebranding affirmative action away from the historical context and rebranding it, of course, as an academic <laughs> uh, welfare certainly might cause some black people and, and other people to distance themselves from the idea of needing that. When again, it's not necessarily for individuals as much as it is for entire communities. Um, and I think that, you know, black people's position on this is illustrated in another uh, passage from the article. It says, even among black people, one of the groups the policy was designed to help, most respondents said they did not want special treatment. Fully 50, 52% of black respondents called the ruling a good thing, while 48% said they were sad to see it go. So that successful rebranding has really cost us. Um, that's a conservative rebrand. And lately, conservatives have been rebranding just about everything um, and been successful at it. And this is something we need to pay attention to. You know, the, the term woke is, is now a bad word in certain circles. You know, that's historically something that has been a good thing. I mean, just think of the language. What is the opposite of woke? Asleep. And yet and still, these folks have managed to make the term woke sound like it's a bad thing. When most folks <laughs> would rather be awoke than asleep. Um, so we can't ignore how they've rebranded that, how they rebranded re American history as critical race theory. Emphasis on the word critical. Meaning like there's an emergency. And you need to respond to this. Otherwise, your children will end up in critical condition. You know, they, they've, they're very good at that. And um, as a result of that rebranding again, you know, we've had a, a setback with respect to affirmative action. Uh, the second thing it shows is that they've rewritten the narrative around individual accomplishments rather than the systemic advantages or disadvantages affecting certain communities. Now, we've already outlined some systemic disadvantages endured by our people. But, you know, again, there are systemic advantages. There's a legacy admissions. There's a, a great deal of nepotism, you know, that it takes place in the employment sector. And, you know, there's, there's legacy admissions, as I mentioned, for, for colleges and, and so forth. And these are things that are in place to help uh, an individual's children, grandchildren, indeed their posterity, live on and flourish. And there are less opportunities for us, less advantages for us. And so again, by having them rewrite the narrative around 
a person's individual accomplishments, um, they are effectively turning a blind eye to those legacy admissions and turning a blind eye to these systemic disadvantages endured by a lot of us. Doesn't matter how smart you are, if you cannot go to school because you're stuck at home dealing with whatever your home life might be like if you're poor, if you're black, if your parents are, have been subjected to things that are beyond your control and you're left to deal with the aftermath of that. No one's going to come find you anymore. No one's going to search you out and say, oh my gosh, your brain is very powerful. You just haven't had the opportunity that you deserve with a brain like that. Nope. What have you done K through 12? That in and of itself will determine whether or not you have access to the type of education that's appropriate for your mind. For your skill set. And again, we're back to having these blind spots. And unfortunately, a lot of black people, it seems, are in support of this. Another thing that it shows, and my third and final point I'll make today, is that the conservative <laughs> folks who have really pushed for this have convinced enough people that this action harms white and Asian children in mass. Affirmative action harms deserving white and Asian children in mass. Rather than looking at, oh, well, you know, this individual or that individual or whatever um, missed out on an opportunity that they were qualified to take advantage of so that we can systemically begin to offset these past injustices. These folks have convinced enough people to, rep, instead of look at the past injustices, look at the harm that is done to these individuals who have lost their slot. And of course, that sounds traumatic, that sounds tragic, but bear in mind that if someone's losing their spot, especially a white child, it's not like their options are limited because they didn't get into Yale. They still have a full-on country out there made in their image. But, you know, when, when, when these folks can reframe conversations and narratives around, the, you know, children and how children suffer successfully, then, you know, it pulls at the heartstrings of poll participants and voters. And we end up in the situation that we're in. Wouldn't the world be such a different place if all black people voted? If everyone was afraid of the black vote? Now, there are some things that we have to keep in mind because this isn't all doom and gloom. It's a, it's a sad moment, sure. Um, it was sad when affirmative action was repealed, but it's sad to see that a lot of black people are in support of that and that as a result, this might be our reality for some time. But again, a few things I want us to keep in mind. Dr. King, 
had a 20% approval rating from white people and black people when he was alive. So even this poll, even this data shows us that people aren't always right about their feelings in the moment. Another thing that this uh, shows is that, you know, we've had affirmative action for decades. And those decades is not nothing. Okay. We've, we've been able to take advantage of, of affirmative action for some time. And now really it's, it's up to us to continue that trend. And again, it's not nothing. It hasn't offset the injustices of the past. Of course not. But it's not nothing. Funny story, women have been the biggest beneficiaries of affirmative action. And now women outnumber men, significantly so. And that effectively is reversing the historical gap in education and graduation rates of males versus females. So there is an argument to be made that no one should be left behind. And now that women are doing so much better than men, that affirmative action may be harming men. And of course, there's, there's women who will say, listen, we have a long way to go before we really impress upon society that women are as capable of, as men. And it might look like this because for so long men have had the advantage that women should have the advantage for some time so that as a history, we, or as a country, we chronicle in our history that there was a time when women excelled and that as a result of that, women will not be so easy to regress. And I'd make the same argument for affirmative action in black people. But, but again, there's an argument that could be made that no one should be left behind as a group. <laughs> um, and, and, and while we're here, you cannot make an argument that white men, white males have ever been left behind uh, in this country. That is just not realistic. And that is among one of the successful rebrands of affirmative action. Um, the last thing I want us to keep in mind is that voting locally and nationally is the best way to affect this. At present, this is still a democracy and this is the way that we engage in a democracy. Um, and while it may not feel like, okay, I'll vote in the midterms, I'll vote in my local elections, I'll vote for the next president, it may not feel like that uh, a change in the effects uh, thereof uh, are going to be felt in this lifetime. And you might be right about that. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't participate. It doesn't mean you shouldn't play your position. Again, imagine if all black people voted. Imagine how scary that would be. Regardless of who you voted, voted for, if, I, if our turnout was so high that everyone had to pay attention to us, perhaps affirmative action isn't the right thing. You know, according to some black people, some of whom might have some, in their mind, valid opinion about these things. Right? But if indeed affirmative action was not the right thing or is no longer the right thing, wouldn't it make sense for our elected officials to listen to black 
people listen to the black vote as we outline and delineate what is the right thing? So, again, keep in mind that voting is, is the best way to affect this, locally and nationally. And we'll leave it right here. As always, I welcome your thoughts, your insights, your comments, your criticisms. Um, and if you have any or all of the above, please share them with me. You can do so on social media at Ramses Ja, or you can use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. Let's talk about it. And until we do, peace. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast! Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.